All right, let's get into the message this morning. I want to teach some important truths about worship. I'm going to start from the book of John 4, 22 to 24. The Bible says, and I'm reading from the King James, the Bible says that ye worship, ye know not what. And these are the words of Jesus. Who are ye worship, ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. Pay attention, verse number 23. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Amen. We've been looking at the subject of worship for a couple of weeks now, and we have identified worship to be a lifestyle of a believer. Worship is a culture of the people of God. That's our culture. Our culture is worship. We live worship. Worship is our lifestyle. Now, our relationship with God is never complete without worship. And I mentioned even last week that no religious activity is complete without worship. Every religious activity encompasses a component of worship because when worship is in there, then there's the reference to a deity, a supreme being. Praise the Lord. Now, for us as Christians, when we worship, it is because we know there is God who is above everyone else and everything else. And so, worship is part of our Christian lifestyle. Worship is part of our walk and our relationship with God. Now, as we discuss this all-important subject of worship, we must, we must uh, identify that until we have a certain level of revelation of who God is, our worship of God will always be at a deficit. We can't worship God like we ought to worship him. Um, recently, um, because of the season of my life I'm going through, God has begun to deal with me and teach me certain things. And as God teaches me, I'm realizing that I have not understood worship and I've not understood fully my relationship with God over the years. Can I teach a little? You see, because I'm an African person who was brought up in an African home, I, I have um, sort of equated how my parents brought me up to how God deals with me. But unfortunately, it's not the same. God's style of parenting is different from the best parents in the world. And until you understand that, it is going to affect your ability to worship God well. There are a lot of children, and because we are everybody here is somebody's child, there are a lot of children, and I can freely speak, there are a lot of children who grew up and in the shadow of their parents, living in their parents' home, there's a certain level of respect and reverence they give, but once they get out of the house, it goes out the door. And this is because while they were in their parents' house, they had certain things against their parents that they could not mention. And so when they move to a new life and they especially get new opportunities, they lose the respect and reverence they had for their parents. God is not such a parent. God is such that in every season of our lives, he requires our respect and he commands it. His very presence, the way he deals with us, commands our respect. There is never a time as a child of God you'll be so blessed that you see your father and he's little. No. And there, there are some times when 
As you see how parents idolize a certain child among all the children, and you get the reason. The reason is because, um, you know, like, eh, you know that when somebody is a favorite child, usually maybe of all the children, that child is very brilliant. Am I teaching? <laughs> or oh, you are not in church this morning? Especially, I mean, if that child is like a street A student, you know, on honor roll. Like every time the child is coming home and they are, you know, they can do special things. When they cook, that child will eat special food. Everybody is eating gary and the child is eating jollof and chicken. And especially as we grow older, it gets worse because then if it's a daughter who marries a rich person, hey, the grandchildren are special. <laughs> Zaka takata, yeah. And the person who married from <laughs> Ebubonko. <laughs> and you get the impression, because of what their parents are able to do, all right, that's why those children have that. Now, God doesn't treat us like that. In fact, the way God loves us is scandalous. The way God takes care of us is scandalous. Because many of us here, we are even angry at God that there are certain people that God treats them the way he treats them. Am I teaching in church? This past week, somebody called me and the person was telling me that I've been praying and I know the person is on a 40-day journey. And I said, oh, how is it going? And the person said, I've been praying, but you know, I'm very angry at God at how he's treating this man of God that I know. And I said, why do you say that? He said, I know the man of God. So I'm thinking that even me as a human being, if I, like, I, I can do this and do that and do that, why is God not doing this for this person? Praise the Lord. Now, I want you to learn it today as I teach about worship that our worship, our worship is based on our revelation of who God is. Until we have a comprehensive revelation of who God is, our worship will always be at a deficit. You see, we have not done too well with worship because uh, we have interchanged the concept of worship with the concept of praise. The concept of worship with the concept of praise. Now, what happens is that Praise waits for the outcome before it can demonstrate gratitude. Worship is knowing God, who he is, what he's able to do despite the current situation. Now, the worshiper's response to God is very different from the praiser's response to God. The person who praises God is, and praise is an outcome of something that God has done. So if I'm going to praise and I'm praising God and like you answered my prayer, you made a way for me, you, you opened the door, you healed me, you delivered me. Have you seen how, like now when people are getting married, when people are doing their baby dedications and their naming ceremonies, they are all in white and they are praising God. Well, the response God is expecting from you is that even before the miracle happens, even before you receive the testimony, you must be clad in white. You must always be praising God. When people ask you, why are you always he said, no, 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 no. I know who he is. Despite where I find myself, I understand who he is. Now, until we get to that place, we have confused our praise with our worship. You see, in Daniel chapter 3, verse 17 to 18, we see a very good example of this. In Daniel 3, 17 to 18, the Bible said, these men, they said, if it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us. You remember? And they said, he is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he would deliver us out of thine hand, O king. Verse number 18. 
But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship thy golden image, which thou hast set up. They say, we are not going to bow. We know who our God is. He can deliver us. But in case he chooses not to deliver us, we know who our God is. We will not bow. Now, these people are worshippers because they know who God is. And so, even before they are delivered, they are saying, no, we will rather give all the reverence to God, not to these idols. Are you learning this morning? The second scripture I want you to look at is in the book of John, chapter 11, 21 to 23. 21 to 23, when Jesus came to the house of Lazarus, the Bible says that one of the sisters came to Jesus and said, Lord, if thou had been here, my brother had not died. He said, if you had come, my brother would not have died. So she's acknowledging the power of Jesus. But then she goes on in verse number 22 and she says that, but I know that even now, somebody say even now. Now, so this lady's brother is dead and yet she's acknowledging that Jesus can give life in the midst of death. Now, when we don't get what we are looking for, we change. That's when our heart is embittered against God. That is when we stop reverencing God the way we ought to reverence him. It's like the way we re- relate to our parents. You know, if they don't do what you want. And, but God is saying that I will always deserve your respect. I must always deserve your respect. What God is speaking to us is that I don't change. I remain as I am. And in every season, I want you to see me as I am. Now listen, what I'm saying is that if your bills are paid, he's God. If your bills are not paid, he's God. If you get the breakthrough, he's God. If you don't get the breakthrough, he's God. And I need you to learn the difference so that you don't wait to get the breakthrough before you give him his worship. Before you get the breakthrough, you can dress in all white and come to church. And when people ask you, what are you celebrating? You can tell them, I'm celebrating my children. I just had my twins. Baba, you don't have anything in your hand. So, no, no, no. It's in the spirit. It will manifest in the flesh. And they are talking about you funny in the background and they are saying things that this woman she seems to be crazy I don't get her she's celebrating twins when she's not even pregnant but you are celebrating because God he calls the things that are not as though they were because he can he can pull the things that don't exist from obscurity from oblivion into existence am I speaking to somebody and so I want you to acknowledge I want you to know who God is don't wait for the situation to change and that is a sign of a worshiper a sign of a worshiper praise focuses on the aftermath worship is satisfied with the person and the ability of God so praise will start honoring God when things are okay. Worship knows who God is, knows what he's able to do. So worship is lifting, honoring, praising, glorifying the name of God even before things change. Now, what I want you to look at, for instance, is that because we have not understood this concept of worship well, our Christianity does not honor God to the fullest. There are some of us because of certain seasons we are going through and the hardship of the season, we have changed. We used to be sweet. We are not sweet anymore. We used to be very nice. We are not nice anymore. We used to be very generous. Say, we are not generous anymore because we feel that if after I have done all of this, a story is told about a merchant who, um, who had made uh, a, 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 
who had given an offering to his church the week before to the Methodist church. And this is a very old story. Um, to the tune of thousands of dollars, he had um, given an offering to the church the week before. And then um, while they were in the service, a telegram was given to him by the, the steward. And you know, the telegram is not in an envelope or anything. So the steward could read what was on the, the, the message. And the message was very simple. All his ships had sunk at sea. And so the, the, uh, the steward gave him the telegram while he was in church. Now the steward was expecting that the man would change the commitment he had made to God, the offering he was going to give. And so he gave him another sheet expecting him to write a lower amount. And then the man said, what should I use this for? He told him, he said, no, I don't need it. And he said, why? He said, well, I have made my investment where moth and rust and thieves can destroy. But this one, I'm making an investment in heaven where moth and rust and thieves cannot destroy. Now, the, the general thing to have done is I gave an offering. It was a big offering. And look at my ships. They didn't get to their destination. And they are not bringing me back money. I'm losing money. In that case, let me redraw what I've given to God. Let me cut back on my commitment to God. Let me cut back on my relationship with God. The man rather took a step further and said, I'm going to even give more to God because I know who God is. And until you get to that place, I'm telling you, you until you are fixated on the personality and the ability of God, you are going to treat God like he's a, a human being. You know how we relate with people? We love people when they, we, they are in our good books. Praise the Lord. There are certain people who, there was a time in my life and in my relationship with, with them, I thought that, yeah, like, you know, I, I was somewhere with them. And then when seasons change, you know, because I'm going through this season, I've lost my wife, you know, and all of these things. It's incredible. I mean, yesterday I was somewhere and I saw people I knew from before and like the way they would come. And, you know, there was this boy, I, I thought he was in the UK he was in school, but I didn't know he has finished and he has come back home. He just ran to me and the way he knelt down and hugged me and he said, oh, Pastor Roland, forgive me. It's been a long time. And I was thinking about him because he's not one of the crowd that is still here. He's been away. And so he remembers me like the person when he was in school. But the people I've been living with, you know, once that season changed in my life and I'm going through this season, I've seen a lot of changes. Ooh, keep listening. And that's how we bring, that's how we relate with God. We relate with God like he's a human being. You know, when you make people happy, they make you happy. True or false? Oh, can I teach? And so we feel that if God doesn't make me happy, me too, I'll make him suffer. And so some of you, the way you worship God now, it's not even attractive. If, as a matter of fact, if it was left to me alone, I would tell you, don't come to church again. Stop worshiping God. Take a different title. When they ask you, are you a Christian? I said, Cree what? Because you are asking for certain things, you are praying for certain things, and sometimes you feel like I'm the one who prayed, I'm the one who worshiped God, I'm the one who served God. And what is God doing in my life? And it is that time when God deserves your worship. Because that is when you prove to the world that you know who you are worshiping. You know who he is. As for praising God, even unbelievers, they sing songs and they praise God in their songs. Can't you hear? Now, the songs that they are singing, they are making it such that you people, you, are, you like the songs and you even dance to the songs. Hey, keep looking at me. 
It's an unbeliever song, but they all tum tum yami woman is like, and you like that. So, Pastor, and you're fine, fine. Pastor, and you're fine. And the song has nothing to do with God, it's just a marketing strategy. Praise the Lord. Everybody could do that. But I'm talking about people who have come to a junction in life when things are not working, when doors are not opening, where everybody is not smiling, where things are not happening the, day, the way they expect. They are praying, they are giving, they are faithful, they are serving God, and they are hearing all the lies and all the slander and all the accusations, and they still take a stand for God. They are still flat on the altar of God. And they say, I'm not going anywhere. Christ, I'm not doing anything. I've given myself to God and that's what I'm living for. Am I preaching to those people this morning? That is when worship is seen because now you know who God is and you know what God is able to do. So like the friends of Daniel, you are telling yourself whether he makes a way or he does not make a way, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to praise him. I'm going to honor him. You see, the first time the word, the, the phrase praise the Lord appears in the Bible. The first time the phrase praise the Lord appears in the Bible is Genesis chapter 29 verse 35. And so we can use the law of first mention here. The law of first mention in theology simply states that the first time something is mentioned in the Bible, you can follow from Genesis to Revelation and that is what, what you see it mentioned for. That is what that thing represents and that is what it is about. So the first time we read the, the phrase praise the Lord it is because a woman called Leah who was not loved by her husband she had had her fourth son Judah and when she had that fourth son Judah she called his name praise and she said praise the Lord why was she praising the Lord because though she was not loved God had given her four sons and her competitor her fierce rival the very beautiful Rachel she had no children and so and all her children were boys can you imagine so the husband will come and be playing with the boys boo boo boom boom boo boo boom boom and Rachel will be calling him nah nah I'm if you are J J won't you come hey, and play with my children and so she felt that yes I'm loved and that's when she began to praise the name of the Lord but you see God is calling us to a place without the boo boo and the boom boom and the baby and all of those things God wants us to still be honoring him God wants us to still be lifting up his name so that if things work out we praise him if things don't work out we praise him because we know who he is Paul wrote about this to Timothy he said I know who I have believed second Timothy 1 12 he said I know whom I believe and I know he's able to keep that which I commit into his hands you see until you know him like that you can't worship him. You can praise him, but you can't worship him. Are there worshippers in the house this morning? God is looking for people who know who their God is. They are not faced by circumstances around them. They are not moved by the dryness around them. They are not moved by the economy around them. They are not moved by the things they see happening in the lives of others because they know that if God decides, he can move today and he can turn everything around. If God decides he can take one day and he can give you what somebody has worked for for 20 years. Am I speaking to somebody? And when you know him like that, you start relaxing. And when people 
people are expecting you to be embittered, when people are expecting you to be unhappy, that is the time you are worshipping God. That is the time you are busy giving your best to God. I need you to know that Jesus said to the woman of the world, you worship what you don't know, but we worship what we know. And the word what is the Greek word horse horse. And horse horse means, it can mean who, alright? So the right rendering should have been, you worship who you don't know, but we worship who we know. We know who we worship. He's a faithful God. He's a righteous God. He's a good God. He's a blesser. He's still a healer. He's still a deliverer. He's still kind. He's still generous. And people are wondering, but if he's a healer, why is there sickness in this area of your life? But he's still a healer. The sickness is present because God is still a healer. Now I'm looking at unanswered prayer. I'm not talking about answered prayer. I'm looking at unanswered prayer as one of the motivations for prayer. You see, when you go through seasons of unanswered prayer, I realize now that it is one of the things that can strengthen you in prayer. Pastor, what are you talking about? You see, there was a time in your life you thought that if I don't get 50 cities to pay this bill, I'm finished. And so you fasted and you prayed for the 50 cities. You didn't even get 50 best ways. You fasted and fasted and the deadline was getting closer and closer. And by the time the deadline was there and over, you still didn't have 50 best ways. Talk less of the 50 cities that you were looking for. But now when you look back, did you die? Now when you look back, did the bill that you had to pay kill you? It didn't kill you. And so you realize that, uh, I didn't need the 50 cities as much as I needed God. Because if God is in the story, I might not get what I need. But if I have enough God, I can sail through every circumstance. I can sail through every trouble. Can I teach a little this morning? And so we go through these seasons and we realize God is who he is and that's why he deserves our worship. Sometimes I'm tempted if he's not answering me I want to act up. I want to throw some tantrums like a child. I want to misbehave but I realize that God commands respect. He's always worthy of respect. Can I teach a little? You see, have you seen the face of a human being? The face of a human being is different from the name of a human being. You can mention the name of a person and you can say things about the person. But have you realized that when somebody's looking at your face, face to face, there are certain things you want to say about the person you need to change. You need to rephrase the conversation because can you think about God? God is not a man. You can imagine God's face when you stand face to face with God. You can't look at him and say, hey, bad. No, the moment you look at him, you see the righteousness. You see the love in his face. You see the joy in his face. You see all the kindness. You see all the goodness. Can I speak to somebody? We are not there yet, but our God is able to take us there. We don't have it yet, but our God is able to do it. We can afford to worship because we know who he is. Jesus spoke about the Father. John 17, 25. And he said, righteous father.
Father. I know you, but the world does not know you. John 17, 25. Righteous Father, I know you, but the world doesn't know you. What a revelation. Jesus was looking at the Father and he said, Father, Abba, I know you are righteous. I know you are righteous. Do you know who your Father is? Do you know that your Father is righteous? If you knew that you stop worship, you stop worrying and you start worshiping because you realize there is nothing that he will not do that is good for you. If it is good for you, God will do it for you. If it is right for you, God will do it for you. Let me end with Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for the good of them that love him. Well, I cannot say that some things will make you excited. I cannot say some things will bring you the money that you need. But what I can say is that if God is involved, it will always be for your good. It will always be for your good. Am I speaking to somebody? That's who our God is. That's the revelation you need. And once you catch that revelation, everything is okay. You stop worrying. You stop fasting. Once you catch a revelation of who he is and his ability, Habakkuk chapter 3, 17 to 19. Just remembering, remembering those days we didn't have air conditioners. This place is really, really humid. <laughs> Lift up those hands. Habakkuk the prophet, he wrote these words. He said, although, can you lift your hands as we are about to? Although the fig tree shall not, shall not. He didn't say, is not or will not. He said, shall not. So he's conferring. He's making the statement that we plant it, but it shall not do well. Neither shall fruit be in the vine. The labor of the olive shall fail and the field shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from their food and there shall be no head in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. <laughs> I will joy in the God of my salvation. I am Andoshata Bahosha. The Lord God is my strength. And he will make my feet like hinds feet. He will make me to walk on my high places. 